And I think the song should be that Hollywood song, you know, da 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 Hollywood, da 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 Hollywood, whatever that song is. <laughs> Can you just Google the Hollywood song? No, I'm just going to use your voice going da 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 Hollywood. <laughs> Internet. Whatever that Hollywood song is, and we all know it, but we We're, don't really know we it. We are all very appreciative of what you're doing with that wand. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I've got a few things to say. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the 2018 Academy Awards. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. That's why we're doing this I, at nearly 1 a.m. I didn't watch it. And we're not doing it alone, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back from our ye old fashioned Phantom Thread episode, my slightly intoxicated girlfriend, Miss Jamie Walsh. Hi, it's going to be fine, everybody. <laughs> Are you guys slightly intoxicated? Oh, Are both yes. of you slightly intoxicated? Oh, I think I'm yes. a little more intoxicated. What were you guys drinking uh, well, uh, beer and then uh prosecco because oh. we're fucking classy uh, what's the line about I also like found some bourbon in the cupboard was it beer before liquor near the sick yeah i don't know yeah, it's, it's all not true monday yeah, yeah. monday oh. monday monday but it's monday now by the it way. is monday now happy monday everybody <laughs> we're drinking tea out of fun mugs um and the oscars just finished yet uh, about maybe an hour ago yeah and so we're gonna we've we've never done this before. We are responsible. No. no, well, I guess our darkest hour episode was kind of the same. We watched it and then we you know recorded the episode. But that's of n- neither here nor there for anyone listening. Right, right, right. This, right. on the other hand, was we are we are immediately following the broadcast, that is which true. is kind of a new thing. We're yeah. we are we're responsive. Fuck we, it, we're yeah. doing it live. We are doing it live, uh, but recorded for you this coming Monday. And don't worry, a full episode will be dropping, if not at the same time, very soon after this. Check Got so, I Tanya. I Tanya coming at you. Also, don't mind that we were like, we wonder what'll happen at the Oscars and that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you know that's how that's gonna roll. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, just uh, shout out an email we got. If you have any emails and opinions, and sure you do about the Oscars, everyone's got an email and opinion about the Oscars. I didn't watch the Oscars. I just had my Twitter feed kind of going at the same time. Sure, sure. And this is all that anyone talks about. It's just the Oscars. Right? Is the Oscars like the biggest thing on the planet right now? Uh, I think uh, based maybe. on based on how hard it was to get an Uber here. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Oh, it was man. a bit of a. It was a bit of a pain in the ass. I didn't realize it was such a big deal. It feels like Super Bowl. I think everybody's like, fuck the Oscars. They're not, you know, it's just the co- capitalism, man. And then they're like, oh my God, what, what's going to happen? Like, what everyone, is she wearing? Everyone then immediately makes Oscars plans. Everyone does turn into, look, everyone bandwagons the Oscars. I mean, sure. look, I should which talk which the is what we're doing. all the time yeah. and we're literally bandwagoning it after the fact. Uh, first off, uh, oh, well, let's do the email first. Okay. Then we'll get into so, it. So again, if you have an opinion about the Oscars, please email us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. Yes. Jose emailed us about the Oscars. What up, Jose? Um, he has also been live tweeting our episodes uh, or at least one episode, so we thank you so much for that, Jose. God bless you. Um, and I wanted to just read this email, which, which goes something like this. Although I don't care much about the Oscars awards themselves, I would be happy for some of the nominees if they win. But why? Because the Oscars deserve ar- the artistic recognition? Nah, the Oscars don't do that. But rather the commercial success, a.k.a. more and better paid gig that winning means. Which brings me to my main point. I love Gary Oldman, but I don't care if he wins or he doesn't. I admire Meryl Streep, but she doesn't need to win an Oscar. Roger Deakins, he's all set. No, I want Daniel Kaluuya to win, Sean Baker, Rachel Morrison, so they can keep telling new stories from the new points of view for the ma- uh, to the mainstream audience. And by the way, Jennifer Lawrence just recognized 
realized that she only watched the first three minutes of Phantom Thread. Don't you feel like that's the tip of the iceberg for a very unfair voting system? What I mean is the Oscars are fine. They're great. They're a great fun conversation topic and a mess and a massive commercial recognition. But I don't think we should listen to music exclusively or at all, depending on the Grammy winners. Um, Jose, thank you very much. Yes, I think, that, I think that email will that's be like the theme. Summer. Yeah, will be the theme of the episode, probably. Sure, um, sure. We have some thoughts. I think I want to go back to the first, the, well, to one of the, the last points he made, which was Jennifer Lawrence uh, just publicly stated that she only watched three minutes of Phantom Thread. Sure. She couldn't watch the rest of it. And she is an Academy voter. Uh, and obviously one of the things that's happened in the last couple of weeks is we've seen Academy voters talking about the films that they've watched. One of the, And the uh, ones that they haven't. And the ones that they haven't, uh, particularly noting that a lot of people didn't watch Get Out um, because they thought it was a genre movie and not necessarily an Oscar movie. So it should bring us to the clar- a, a real point of clarification. The Oscars are an industry, an inside industry award. It's not voted on by the public. It's voted on by people who have won previous previous Oscars. Oscars so elite. Uh, it's, it's, it's an academy that's made up of previous Oscar winners. So what that means is- um, How did they do the first ones? The first one was a complete industry inside uh, award. Okay. Um, it was a Christmas party that just happened late and uh, uh, yep. had enough. And then they were like, I really like <laughs> no, this. No, no but I, 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 correct, someone write a Senate only movie podcast and correct me if I'm wrong, but as, as far as I understand it, the Oscars was an event created to try and glamorize the movie industry a little bit um, to, to give it, you know, to give it a sense of importance. But it's, it's like- Hang a, that aircraft carrier banner because mission accomplished. And I think oh, the yeah. film that won was Wings, by the way, which is an aircraft movie, ah. incidentally. But, but I think uh, it's interesting that uh, it, it's kind of like ad- uh, advertising agency awards, you know, sure. it's like who, who, you know, these these awards are handed out by themselves to themselves, kind of thing. It's like who cares? But obviously, the Oscars matter. People, you know, care about it. As you got, as we've noted, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. Uh huh. Um, it, it it definitely matters financially for the films as well. Like yeah. a film like The Shape of Water, which um is is you know like doing financially well, is now going to have a major boost. Spoilers for the for the winners of the Oscars, but uh, Shape of Water won Best Picture. Yeah, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, yeah. Uh, well, if you're watching this, holy shit, how yeah. are you doing? Doing that, but if and you're listening, get out to this, of my room. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, I'm talking to you, Zoe. Uh, but no, uh, if you're listening to this, then yeah, spoilers are coming. I don't know why you'd listen to this. Other <laughs> well, the Oscars profit is kind of it's like passive aggressive version of profit making. Uh, like, I got I got to know where this is going. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, let me see if I can actually say it. But like the the TV networks don't like get, collect viewership, but Oscars are collecting just more views, and it's sort of. They're doing it independently. They don't need our money, but they're also totally making all the money. And then there's advertisers coming into it. And it's it, without selling a technical product to us, we're we're all buying into it. And to the actual the idea of an Oscar movie, right? Like like there's a, there's this conception that there are movies yes. that are that are Oscar caliber movies and that therefore but, but we don't necessarily see the Oscars thinking these will be the movies I go to see. Uh but we see the Oscars and then, you know, you know, someone wins and then 2 weeks later we're like, "Oh, I'm going to search that movie out." You know, right. th- then I, then, I, it, I, then it makes then you get the profit from it movie-wise, but you don't necessarily start there. Uh, it's a, it's a big party to make people excited about movies and 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 TV networks and it doesn't all quite line I think up. It, it, I think it's that, but it's also a lot of things too. Like, look, it's 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 the circle of financial life in this case. You you you, you, you make a movie. Life. Yeah, sing it. Um, you make a movie. Uh, it wins an award. 
Now, not only does that, for instance, uh, catapult that individual film forward, but now you as a filmmaker or someone who was involved with an Academy Award winning film can use that to further perpetuate your career and make it move forward. Also, uh, it's self uh, it's a self grandizing moment of the film industry uh, just to sort of uh, make an event out of itself. Mm -hmm. Now, this year, even before we get into the categories we're going to talk about, uh, first and foremost, I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> I just, I've never, I've never bought into his brand Fourth of comedy time today. I know, <laughs> but I have to look, and this is me. Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether or not I like Jimmy Kimmel because he killed it tonight. He <laughs> did an amazing job hosting. He was funny and appropriate and, and somber and, and, and just all around uh, what you could possibly want in a, in a 2018 Oscars host. Mm-hmm. He killed it. Okay. Um, with, uh, with the exception of the one line that I quoted in the beginning when he was kind of talking to the, to the conductor, in the pit, the orchestra conductor, but that, but like he, he really, he really, um, I don't know. He, and again, I don't, I, when I say I don't like Jimmy Kimmel, I don't mean his like personal beliefs or anything like that. I just, I've never mm-hmm. bought into his brand of comedy. Even if you saw him walking down the street, you'd, ju- you'd cross the road kind of thing. Is that what you Yeah. Saying? I'd just be like, oh, uh, that guy. That and he'd guy. be coming up to you going like, hey, Matt. And Matt. I'd be like, oh, oh my God. God. I got to get out of oh, here. Oh, hey, Jimmy, you- listen, I got to go. No, <laughs> no. And, and it's fine. Like, again, it, everyone's not for everyone, but he did an amazing job. I'm going to love the tonight. moment when like a show you make gets big and you have to go on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> and he pulls up this clip. Look, hey, pull it up. That means he's listening, and that's great. Uh, no, no, but I think I honestly, if and I, I kind of want to. I mean, look, if if people don't like me, hell, if you don't like me and you really like Shahir and you listen to this show, you and, and you said, look, I don't like Matt, but he killed it on the I Tanya episode coming out next, uh, and and you really appreciated that. I'd be like, okay, I respect that opinion, and I hope that if Jimmy Kimmel ever hears this, he can do that too. Um, but but the other thing too, um, Jimmy Kimmel is blackballing. I know, so no, right, right now, now he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> but uh, never on my show. Even beyond Jimmy Kimmel, something uh, he did in the Oscars or the writers of the Oscars did was, and uh, you didn't see this, so this will be the first time you're hearing this. Yeah, um, they this basically decided there was a, a screening of. Um, a wrinkle in time across the street at the right. Chinese theater. And basically, what an odd time to, I know, to, right? to, to, to was it a premiere screening? Well, that's was like what a, we all I know. We don't, whether or not this is staged or not, I'm yeah. sure it's a middle ground of something. You think but, Disney has some, is pulling some strings here? Maybe. <laughs> but the, the, the fact of the matter is they, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, and it was all scripted, but who cares? Like called some people I'm sure were like told they were going to do this. And other people just jumped on board. The more I think about the crowd that turned up for that event, the more I think it was. Wait, okay. So staged. backtrack. So what happened what was happened? he comes down. He's like, you know what? We have to thank the people that actually go see these movies and he goes look at this and he pulls up on a screen there's like black light ca- uh, uh, infrared cameras on the screening looking at the audience he's like let's go over there and thank them and bring them snacks so like he gets like him and like a bunch of famous friends that kind of go forward like Gail Gadot went and yeah. uh, uh, Army Hammer and uh, D- Guillermo went and Gu- both Guillermo's went Jimmy Kimmel's Guillermo and Guillermo del Toro. Okay. <laughs> um, and they all went over there and there was a bunch of people and they uh, brought them all snacks and they like they, the theater erupted and it was like a very like nice moment. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is entirely scripted and and I, I'm going to go out on a limb not not having seen the moment, but I'm going to guarantee you that that having a wrinkle in time play 
opposite the Oscars during the Oscars was was an entirely staged moment because The Wrinkle in Time is suffering from bad pre-press reviews right now. Passive aggressive so, money making. So this would be a good way to bolster that kind sure. of. Sure, and, and look, I'm not saying that they just there happened to be a screening. Of course they did that. There was there was a shot of someone looking at the Instagram and you know it was on a Galaxy Nine because they were advertising Galaxy Nines the entire time. Now, that's not that's neither yeah. here nor there. Whether or not the people in the audience knew what was going to happen, right? Uh, they probably knew. I bet you they were like, oh, increased security checks because the Oscars are across the street. Right. Yeah. And that's probably all they did because then they had Jimmy Kimmel at the end of it pull the guy up who looked like he was ZZ Top's younger cousin and had him read the next introduction to the next category or whatever. Jimmy Kimmel's done this a few times, hasn't he? He's he, had people yes. like come off the bus, you know, the Hollywood tour bus into the into and the I, And I really, I really liked that because that, even though, again, yes, mm-hmm. a wrinkle in time itself serving. Yes, they have the Galaxy 9 moment. Everything is a business. We all know this. We have to either get over it or not or call out real awful things when they happen. <laughs> this was not one of them. Uh, I think it worked out very well and it was nice for the Oscars to, and they've done little things like this before, but this is the biggest like, hey, movie going public. Like th- yeah. even if all those people in the theater were actors, they're still ciphers for everyone watching at home. Gotcha. So it That's was a, a it was a, a nice moment. Regardless of it's being scripted or staged yes. or trying to balls the views, it's a nice moment. And I think the other, you know, that that's a, a key thing about the Oscars is like, I think anyone who loves movies grew up at some point recognizing the value of the Oscars as, as like a signifier sure. of quality. And I, I, I mean, I remember for me, it was, um, the, it was Dances with Wolves. The, 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 the year Dances with Wolves won, um, my brother woke me up the next morning and he said, hey, this movie Dances with Wolves won Best Picture. Let's go see it tonight. And it was like this thing where we were go- it wasn't like we were just going to see another movie. We were going to see a movie that mattered in some way more than just going to see a movie. So, you know, regard- I think tomorrow when people go to see The Shape of Water, they're going to be going to say, oh, I want to see that movie that everyone's talking about and everyone seems to love. Yeah. Um, and I think that matters. Now let's talk about someone who doesn't love Shape of Water, Miss Jamie. Oh no! Oh, oh I'm sorry, whole world. I didn't <laughs> like Shape of Water. Uh, okay. Well, uh, do we want to do? Do we want to do this in order, like of 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 coming to the Best Picture nominee last, or do sure. we want to? Let's we, let's put Jamie's hatred of fish <laughs> sure. people on hold. <laughs> Not uh, amphibians. Amphibians. I, yeah. No, I love amphibians. I'm a big fan of amphibians. I know that, which is so strange. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Okay, we we made comment. We we did predictions on just four awards, uh, but I want to just talk about just quickly. Let's do like a quick just wrap up of other awards that went out that night, just so we can mention them. Uh, Best adapted screenplay, "Call Me by Your Name" by James Ivory. Anyone got a problem with that? I mean, Logan. I wanted Logan to win. Okay, cool. Uh, I like that James Ivory won. I think he's the oldest Oscar uh, winner of all time and now. He, he his speech was lovely. Okay. I I didn't see it, but uh, and <laughs> you read them out, and I'll tell you how it was. Okay, cool. Um, Jamie, chime in, please. Yes, uh, Shahir, did you just not watch at all? <laughs> no, I didn't watch it at all. I, I saw this is Shahir's mo. So this is how I actually do the have, podcast. I never so watch we, any of the movies. We have one person that paid diligent attention and took notes during yeah. the awkward the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, one person who did not watch them at all, and then just someone who is kind of drunk. Yep. Yeah, that's do, the but hang on. Here's the question: Do you running. need to watch the Oscars? Can we just like go off the names? Like, uh, what, what do you I can, do? You can, but I do think, uh, especially for the, and, and what I, what I liked about this Oscars particularly is it was always like all of it was enjoyable. It's not like there was like, Oh, one moment where, Oh my God, like the last year, of course. And they obviously poke fun at it, but like it was just a solid award show. Okay. And, and, and you like, and I both worked on award shows, so we kind of know yeah, the inside scoop. And, and 
I'm always impressed when an award show is both entertaining and not so full of itself, and especially the Oscars. Now, granted, the set design was super glammy. That was a nightmare. You didn't like it. I liked it. Um, but like, it just it just felt like a solid, like what it should be. It wasn't too much or too little, and it got through its shit. And I don't know. I think watching it with a group of people is really where it's at. Okay. Um, uh, so, so I lost the Oscars tonight. By, you did. By just checking the Twitter feed. <laughs> you did. But no, but, but no, let's, let's go back to that too, because there are a ton of people that only experience it this way. Yeah. Or then we'll listen to podcasts. I don't know where you do that mm. in the morning. Um, and, and that only obviously in the morning, only in the morning. If someone listens to this at 3am, you better email us and <laughs> I will send you a box of chocolates to the first person that does. Oh my God. I'm going to, I love Not it. I, I, no, I'm going to love it when our listener in, in uh, Uzbekistan <laughs> emails and you've got to email and you've got to mail a box of chocolate to Uzbekistan. Whatever. I'll do it. We do have one by the well, way. Well, well, <laughs> if that, if that, um, if that person would like to do that, they can, they can win that. That box of chocolates. It's not going to be great chocolates. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're like gourmet chocolates, right. but you're going to you're just going to share a Hershey's bar, right? Or maybe I don't know. Surprise. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, uh, best original screenplay went to Jordan Peele for Get Out, the best Obama impersonator of all time. That's true. I love. <laughs> I love. Uh, he he had a great moment throughout the entire thing too. Uh, and that's. Uh, I do. I think that's a. Uh, out of those cat, out of all those categories, I think that intrinsically should have one. Okay, and it was a good. I mean, I think everybody I spoke to said mm. that they wanted Get Out to win Best Picture. Okay, but I think original screenplay is a is a really like oh I don't want I want yeah yeah I'll say honorable like it's a good solid award to win because it feels a little more authentic than just like oh the the best <laughs> movie you're the movie king this is like <laughs> no this comes from somewhere and he wrote it and mm. it's his baby. And, you know, that means something to him. I will say, actually, reading um, uh, the list of best original screenplay nominees, Big Sick, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Abbey, Missouri, and Get Out. They're all nuts. They're all great. No, the, but Get Out is the one that actually stands out to me as a as a, a really accomplished technical piece of writing. That the 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 way in which it builds towards the final scenes where Daniel Kaluuya is on uh -huh. the, is on the sofa, and the to me the reason why that screenplay is genius is the moment where Daniel Kaluuya picks cotton out of the chair and uses it to plug his ears so he's yeah. not hepatized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's not only technically brilliant that's also allegorically just on point and yeah. better than anything you know it's like it's someone who intrinsically knows what this story is and what it means it's intelligence it's yeah. intelligence mixed with with cleverness uh with no sense of uh pretension yeah. and it's just absolutely wonderful it's i mean the shape of water i think is also a, a, an excellent technical piece of writing um in the way that it's structured so well uh but get out is the one that just resonates does it, with me. does it, everything yeah, it does everything it so. does structure and it does dialogue both and, equal in equal parts yeah. and I think that's very important um the one I'm always uh you know like there's this conversation I think around the Oscars where it's like uh what uh, the Oscars should be a gateway to seeing films that you might not have heard of and seen. Right, right, right. And the one I've wanted to, you know, like every year it's like you should pay attention to is the best foreign film and best documentary Oscars. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the winner this year tonight was A Fantastic Woman. I think it's a Chilean film. Yes. Uh, which featured Chile. the first um, transgender presenter uh, tonight mm -hmm. at the Oscars. So I'm really curious to see that film. I know the film that was touted to win that award was The Square. I think it's the Alston film. He did uh, a film a couple of years ago called Force Majeure, which um, was uh, famously 
snubbed for the Oscars and it didn't quite make it in. He, he posted this really hysterical video of him like freaking out when he realized he didn't get nominated. Right. Uh, it's pretty interesting to watch. And this year he was nominated uh, and didn't win. So I'm curious to see what he does about that. It's going to be a sequel. Uh, I just I just saw uh, you can see the other film on Body and Soul on Netflix. I just watched it last night. It's really odd, wonderful, interesting film, Hungarian movie. Um Let's jump over to any other any other big ones we want to talk about. I mean, from a uh, fashion point of view, the costume designer went to Phantom Thread. Yes, um, and and you know, I kind of figured it would go there. I mean, the, Matt, can I see your? Can I Although it could have, I mean, it could have gone to a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of like, for example, have. the costume design for um, um, Shape of Water would would have been equally Victorian Abdul. I don't, I don't know because Darkest uh, Hour, because well, Beauty and the oh, Beast. Hey, Beauty and the Beast is what I Beauty and the Beast is what I voted for. And like, no disrespect to the people that worked on Beauty and the Beast, but yeah. like, you already kind of had a pretty solid template to go from. Mm -hmm. uh, Disney movies tend to be pretty on brand and they wanted to keep a lot of continuity with the original cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that there's a lot of reinvention and I don't think that there gets to be a lot of, don't point your pen at me. I'm going to point it till you're done. <laughs> I don't, you guys I want don't, me to leave the room? I don't know. It's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that there gets to be as much uh, recreation as as these other films got to create. Right. So I don't think it should have gone to Beauty and the Beast. You're happy it went to Phantom Thread? Um, well, yeah. let's, let's, are you are I you happy? Not, I did not see Victoria and Abdul. Yeah. Um, and my and mother I'm, loves I'm that movie, by that. the way. OK. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. It's on my it's on my list. I just didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, I dark sour one makeup. And I think that that was, uh, entirely correct. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We just uh, talked about that last week. The, uh, the one that I wondered if it should win, uh, mm. was shape of water because there was something pretty unique in it. Uh, mm. but I, I think that that is, uh, more prosthetics. Yeah. And, um, so maybe more of a makeup award. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and aside from the, uh, the amphibious love God, uh, everyone else was in kind of basic stuff. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't, and again, like, I don't want to say like nobody thought about anything cause I don't think that's true, but nobody, it wasn't a, it wasn't a movie that was built around for the costumes now, and this, that's not a negative thing. Movies don't have to be built for the costumes. Mm -hmm. Phantom thread was by subject, uh, a necessity sure. for a It makes the so most it, sense. Yes. Yeah. And, and it probably but had the most. Let me talk about beauty course. and the beast here for a second. Who saw beauty and the beast? I did not. Uh, I saw the cartoon. When you, I was oh, but you didn't see the film. No, I didn't see the film. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I feel, I feel a moment's coming well, on here. Well, okay. I, I, I really mad at me yeah. for not seeing these films. Well, no, because you're, 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 and it's fine. You did not see it, but at the same time, you're you're judging a, a, an act of, of, of wardrobe d design off of something you haven't seen. I'm, yeah, oh, well, I, but you asked me my opinion. I know. And I, I know. I speculated. But it. this is but this is this is my point. And I, I don't know if what I'm about to say is it, well. No, I I I don't know what opinion is better in this sort of situation. Um, Beauty and the Beast does something very interesting and difficult, in my opinion, when it comes to when it comes to this category, because it's taking something and it needs to take something. It has a reference point. It's it's the same as adapted screenplay. It's taking a reference point and then doing something with it to not only and you're right, it's trying to stay true to what the animated thing was. But I think we can all agree turning something from an animated piece into real life and making it look just as good 
as that. And I'm not even talking just about like Belle's yellow dress. I'm talking about like the peasants singing in the first song. Like there's Beauty and the Beast has a lot of problems, but I really thought the costume design was was so on point. It was something and I I never think about that sort of stuff in movies. And when I watched it, I was like. Oh, okay, I, but now, so, so you've seen both, which yeah. would you have given it to? Uh, Beauty and the Beast, okay. 100%. Uh, and again, it's not because, and, and now if we're going off of originality, like pure, if this is if this is best original screenplay as opposed to best adapted screenplay, if like there were two different things, they should obviously both get it. But if we're, if, if uh, we're doing, I, I think the exercise, and maybe it's just I find the exercise more interesting, is taking something that exists in one form and reinventing it in another form based off that. But but to do that, especially from an, from an art perspective into real life is so insane to me. Like I couldn't even wrap my brain around that where I could wrap my brain around someone creating an original thing in the medium that they're originally creating it okay. in. Again, again, that's just me and I don't know uh, and the only reason I was I was pseudo shaming you was because I love it when people are like I don't like a thing. Did you see the thing? No. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, I didn't say. To be I fair, didn't we just like asked her thing. opinion. We didn't say you had That's to watch true. old movies. And I didn't say I didn't. I wasn't like <laughs> fuck Beauty and the Beast. I know. I, well, you wish you could, and I'd be like, All right. I just that's that's a big costume number. But I think that that is why I would be. Uh, I would I would shy away from uh, awarding it best costume. I do think that an honorable mention is at least deserved to uh, Blade Runner because that's mm. always you know sci-fi. I like that coat he wore. Sci-fi always pushes the boundaries, and there's some <laughs> there's some stuff that is trend influential in sci-fi movies. You, you know, always see it. It happens every time and it's not, not often nodded to. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, what was the other one? I will say Altered Carbon better coats than uh, Blade oh, Runner. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, a big co- I'm a big coat You should here. watch Altered Carbon. I should. I, I, I just many. finished it today. I'm very happy with it. Okay. There's a lot of things I need to watch and catch up yeah. on. Um, uh, Best Cinematography, Roger Deakins finally wins after 17 nominations. Speak of the devil. Um, 17 nominations. I believe so. I thought it was 14. Was it 14? I uh, think it's so. a lot of, it's so more a ton than 10, of it's fine. You yeah. know, like you're good. It's a hundred. A <laughs> hundred nominations. Um, I I personally, so this is the the only reason I wanted to bring that one up. Yes, it's, a, it's amazing that he's finally being recognized. I think the Oscars should be, you should win it in the year that you deserved it most. And, of course. And I... I liked what he did with Blade Runner. I just liked what Rachel Morrison did with Mudbound a lot more. Hmm. Uh, I was really, uh, I, I was really taken by the way Mudbound looked, and I thought it did a really amazing job. This this comes to one point that I think I uh, that comes to our, our costume conversation, which is that um, to me the the reason to give the award is not because of demonstrating originality or your ability to adapt or anything. It's a it's your ability to be cohesive within what the film is. And, you know, like in terms of costume design is like, it doesn't matter if it's original or not. Is it actually work for what the story is trying to tell? And does yeah. it enhance it or does it like detract from it? In that case, I 100% think Phantom Thread, I agree with the, the choice that the Academy made. If, if yeah. we're basing it off of what you Th- just that's said. That's just my it's, opinion it's not about just it. A, no, a, a perfectly, perfectly stated. It's not just about grandiose. It's how the costumes inform the film and influence the film. And oh my, the film, you know. Oh my God, did we all just agree? Uh, did we just become best friends? Oh I'm my God. Out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the only thing I wanted. I, I, I'm, you know, Rachel Morrison, I just, I, w- I was so taken by the way that film looked. I wish I wish that it could be celebrated uh, in terms of her work, but it is. And she also shot uh, Black panther so there you go um and finally let's move on to the ones that we are uh that we actually made predictions on so best actor sure 
you called out uh, Daniel Kaluuya. That's who I wanted. You know? I wanted Timothy Chalamet. I think in, in our heart of hearts, we both knew, we knew. Gary Oldman was going to win it. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, I, why, do, why do we sound so upset about it? No, I, I'm not upset about it. I'm not it. upset about it at all. Look, Darkest Hour is the last of the of <laughs> the films uh, in the best picture category that I saw. Um, he, he, he is that movie. Yeah. And I think if, look, if we're looking at, the, this is why I think I'm 100% A-OK with it and I like it. Gary Oldman is darkest hour. No one else on this list is their movie. Like there there's other like, and, and that's not to call out a fault to anyone else who worked on darkest hour, but like, who are you going to remember from darkest hour as opposed to what are you going to remember? Like, I feel like there's more gravitational points to other movies in this list um, where the entirety of the weight of the, of darkest hours on Gary Oldman and he kills it. And he's only, this is his first win. He's won. He's been nominated for uh Tinker Tailor soldier spy, yep. uh, which he was great. And I kind of wish he was, uh, he would be nominated for, uh, um, Dracula, but you know, that's or commissioner Gordon. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, he could have been. He's, he means he look, he's, he's a great actor. What yeah. are you going to say? Serious black. Yeah. Oh, serious black force. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, best actress we had, I voted for, uh, we both voted for Margot Robbie and I, Tanya Francis McDormand won it. Yep. Um, again, it's one of those, like I kind of should have known. Yeah. I think we both knew that that she was the front runner, but I, I will great say, speech. Okay. Great speech. Okay. I um I didn't see the speech. I, I guess the only thing there was I was more taken again by Margot Robbie's ability to carry what that what I Tanya was. And whereas I felt I, I kinda and I still kind of feel that Three Billboards is a little bit of a disjointed film and Francis McDormand might have been in a way, almost in a slightly different movie to what the movie was. Uh, she's obviously great. She's won for Fargo before. Yeah. Uh, she's a fantastic actress, you know, amazing in almost everything she does. It's that thing for me is just like, which is the which is the one that's more cohesive. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people voted for Margot Robbie. A lot of people voted for Francis McDormand. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, finally, oh, no, there's two more. Two uh, more. Best director. Uh, you call this. Yeah. You got it right. I knew. I, I kind of suspected this was going to be the case. I finger think, guns. Finger um, guns. For me, it was I. I felt it was either going to go to uh, Christopher Nolan or Guillermo del Toro. Went to Guillermo del Toro, obviously leading into the film of the night, The Shape of Water. Um, uh, I voted for Paul Thomas Anderson just because I think he's a great director, and I think he directed that film very, very well. Um, but Guillermo del Toro won The Shape of Water. And how do you guys feel about? Well, we're going to come to 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 Jamie's opinion on The Shape well, of Water yeah, in a minute. But it's all, Jesus, <laughs> now I'm scared. But 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 how do you guys feel about Guillermo winning Shape of Water? I mean, Guillermo is a great director. No one's yeah. going to deny that. I'd like it even like he's he's done other films that are just extraordinary. And I don't even I I, I hate to say this on your on your uh, podcast about movies, but I don't I don't know enough about directing to say that he was the flaw of Shape of Water. Like he 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 puts a story together. Like I yeah. I saw Mama many times, and I, for some reason it really stuck with me. And 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 I you know he didn't direct that by the way. He produced You're that. You're gonna edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but, but that's interesting though. No, let's 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 focus he, on that. He did produce Mama, but, but yeah, but let's let's talk about that for a bit because for someone and and maybe not all of our listeners are people that follow the industry as closely as we do because this this is an important. Well, this wait, is, did he direct Pan's Labyrinth? He did. Yes. Okay, he did. Jesus, yeah. that was great. That was amazing. <laughs> but but it's interesting because because you bring up Mama 
And you probably gravitated towards that due to a different directing style that you might have thought was him. I, I, who directed? I'll look. Andy Muschietti, who directed it. There you go. This year. Uh, and you had and, it, I, and you had a strong yeah, actually, reaction. Shahir, to it. I'm, I'm going to pull my rubber mask off. I'm literally just here to fight you about it. Uh, about right it. Now, okay. That would be to like changed my psyche a little bit. Okay. In a bad way. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. You be, you, you like, wear clown makeup to bed now? No, I just it's uh, it's awful. I, I'm so scared all the time. <laughs> but but the, but the interesting thing is so uh the the difference sort of between let's say mama's style or directing style and shape of water is kind of night and dayish a little bit because it's not the same person well it's, they're different stories of again. course they're it's different got, styles of got- film it's yes, styles of film for sure, but yeah. it's got that same kind of as uh, Matt. I think you use the word fable when you talk yeah. about Shape of Water, and to me, Mama is is ripe with fable. Right, and I feel like it's funny because when like this from the producer of like if the producer is also a director or the producer is very prolific, mm-hmm. you get that feeling like so. For instance. I would say that everything Guillermo del Toro has done that I have seen has an element of what we would consider a classic fable. There's fable, either iconography or structure. It's a lot of iconography. Uh, cool but even stuff. even Hellboy, like the way it's done is is built in the structure of fable. And I think this and I think Shape of Water even beyond Pan's Labyrinth is his most fully constructed fable type story. Uh, it's, it's played up as a fable. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only thing, too, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, one thing that Guillermo del Toro has is a remarkable sense of design. It's, it's, like, it's, it's unparalleled. Yeah. He's an illustrator himself. The, the, the work that goes into his design is incredible. The only, I mean, the, the only drawback to that sometimes is like, like there are design elements that are in Hellboy that are the same design elements that are in Pan's Labyrinth because he's got a very distinct style. They're the same one in in, uh, Crimson Peak and and the same one that's in Shape of Water. And he does, and so in the distinction, uh, the two films that that were just mentioned there that are are good points of distinction to to identify what his directorial style is, is Crimson Peak and Mama. And Mama is a much more grounded horror film, whereas Crimson Peak is a much more elevated style. Which I still need to see. I haven't seen Crimson Peak. Um, I would say Pan's Labyrinth for me is still his strongest directorial uh, d- demonstration of what he does as a director, and this, and for me, Shape of Water is feels it, it's certainly in line with everything he does. It's it, it certainly matches, but I just wasn't quite as taken by Shape of Water as I was by Pan's Labyrinth in terms of like, wow, this story really landed with me, and wow, he really delivered on this film. So that's the only thing I would say there. Again, fully deserved you, when I would have liked Jordan Peele to win that award. Sure. Um, I, I voted for Paul Thomas Anderson because I think Paul Thomas Anderson, again, directs every film with the exact amount of verve required. Yeah. Interesting thing I think about between Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. Pan's Labyrinth, you're witnessing the fable while hearing someone, while also witnessing basically the person, not the person, but the, but the story's being told to you both from the film and in the film. Right. Where in, in Shape of Water, you're just seeing the fable in the film. Pan's right. Labyrinth also uh, is, it, it, it exemplifies what a fable is for. And that's yes. To, that's yeah. to sort of give you not just escapism, but also wisdom in, in a real life terror. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, I thought it's Shape also, of Water was like 
didn't 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 do that it's wisdom so the wisdom that's being told in the fable parts of of pan's labyrinth we are witnessing character we're witnessing the wisdom affect characters in the film in a separate part of it Mm -hmm. in shape of water we're just seeing the the story the The fable is a story and we the audience should be affected by it whether or not it's effective for whoever's seen it or not but that's just the different sort of structures and i and i like them both i just think uh shape of water was 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 better although Uh, now i guess we're getting into to uh, Best Picture uh, nominees now. So we both voted for Get Out. Yep. Um, and I think the reason we both voted for Get Out, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but is that it feels like to me it it was the film of 2017. That's it. That's it. The only reason I'm kind of happy it didn't win is the is something I've brought up on the podcast a couple of times, which is this idea that when you, a film wins Best Picture, it puts a full stop on the conversation around that film. So, for example, we don't talk a lot about Moonlight anymore. We don't talk a lot about 12 Years a Slave anymore. Because it's the, the finish line. Because that was the finish line for those films. And the conversation kind of – the critical conversation around it seems to cease. I don't know exactly why that is. But um, I feel now – for example, the things that are going to really benefit from not winning Best Picture – are uh, a sort of a slightly divisive movie like Three Billboards. I think that's going to do really well by not winning Best Picture Mm -hmm. and Lady Bird and Get Out. I think those films do really, really well by not being, by not winning because the conversation around them continues and people will start trying to champion them because they weren't recognized as the Best Picture that year. It's a a slightly odd phenomenon. There's no, there's little empirical evidence for this, but I'm just saying, again, we don't talk (laughs) about- Outside of your brain. We don't talk about 12 Years a Slave very, very much, even though that is an amazing piece of filmmaking. And, and Moonlight, you know, is an incredible piece of filmmaking. But it's kind of like, as soon as it wins, it's like, okay, cool. We can put that in the box now. Sure. Um, so sh- I'm okay with Shape of Water winning because, again, I wasn't as enamored by that film. I, did, I, I think we talked about this in the, if you go back to our episode and listen to it, I like the film a lot. I think um, Guillermo del Toro does an excellent job directing it. I just didn't connect with it. Um, I, I could see the the artistry, the merits. I could see what it was trying to do. I just personally didn't connect with what it was trying to do. Um, and that's, that's where it kind of didn't land for me, but that felt, that felt like a very personal response and not an empirical response. Yeah. I, I, um, the, the, the interesting thing about shape of water is, well, there's a lot of sort of different moving parts, but like the, the parts that, there's two parts that didn't grab me and then everything else did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's more interesting to talk about the parts that didn't grab me and why the film can overpower how those parts that I didn't particularly like. One is sort of the structure of the second into third act being like the problem of getting the 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 creature to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked about it in our review where it's like, oh, they're waiting for a high tide or waiting for the the whatever to go like the when the when the canal fills up. It's like you couldn't drive t- yeah. 10 more minutes out <laughs> to the ocean. Like I get it. Whatever. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And There's then, a lot of physical yeah. issue. Yeah. And then, the, but and then the second thing is, and it's funny because like that's a physical that's a physical plot issue, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't have a problem with the with the bathroom filling up and them having sex underwater and it being fine. Like, is that because again, yeah. it's a fable. And like I've bought into the world of it, but if that can happen in the world and that's believable, you could drive 10 minutes down the road and throw them in the ocean. Uh, And then the other thing, the other thing about it is while I do think um, with through the both actors involved um, and the prosthetics, you do get a very physical connection between the two of them. However, I don't feel like it is developed well enough for it to be as strong as it is, especially as, as they're both sort of like the reason they connect is because they are both outsiders or they both have a, the, 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 the way they communicate is different from normal people. Right. Um, 
And I think once they are, let's just, I'm just going to use this sort of as a term. Once they are in love, it all clicks, but the building to it is very quick where I do feel like, um, the, 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 if we're talking about like development of character full through and through call me by your name, just <laughs> destroys this as a love story. Um, yeah, because it's, it's consistent throughout as opposed to, uh, it gets there. Um, so those are the two things I didn't like about it. That having been said, I love that a film like the shit that, that this is it. I don't think shape of water should have got it. I think should get out should have got it still. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do. I like your, your, it ends the conversation analogy. <laughs> it's just this movie. I love that. It is an Oscar. It is a best picture winner. Right. Because it is. I can't think of another film in, of this any kind of ilk that even touches on remotely close to this level of fantastical sort of fable monster movie bullshit <laughs> that uh, and I use that bullshit in a in a in a um uh, as a term of endearment in yeah. this point uh, that I, I can't think of one. And I, I love that it's there and it did it. And, and Guillermo del Toro, you mentioned, you know, how skilled he is and whatnot. He's also just a good dude yeah. and he's funny and engaging. And I love that, that someone like that created this thing that he thought of when he was six years old, once he watched creature from the black lagoon and being like, why does the girl always uh, asleep or running away? Yeah. Like, and he thought he thought to reinvent sort of a classic type thing and uh, he made it his own and it was awesome. I mean, the only other one I can point to is the Lord of the Rings winning best picture uh, for returning the King as being a fantasy. It's not quite the same kind of what I, right. know, one of the things I like of, uh, to me, one of the most striking things about uh, shape of water is the, is the frankness of sexuality. Yeah. I really, I really dig that. I think that's important. I like that the film goes there. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, almost con- it, it's almost a conversation about sexuality and without talking about yeah, it. Yeah. It's not just that it's like sex. It's, yeah. it, they make a point of the of part of the fable being sexuality with these characters. Yeah. Um, and so, Jamie, now we've, we've had all this preamble to your opinion <laughs> on The Shape of Water. Uh, how do you feel about The Shape of Water winning Best Picture? So I did not want it to win. I thought that there were better films. And, what, what was your pick? Um, my pick? I mean, I wanted Get Out to win. Yeah. Um, I, I, but did you think it would win? No, I didn't quite. I had hopes. I thought Lady Bird would win. Right. Um, Lady Bird seems and to have also, been... also, I, I also loved Lady Bird. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure... I, I didn't, I don't think I had a pick out for what I wanted to win because there were a lot of films that I really liked, mm-hmm. but I didn't think Shape of Water was going to win. And I was okay with that because I didn't think it was as good as, I, mean, I don't think it's terrible. Yeah. There were things about it that I really liked. There's, it's rich with symbolism. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Um, uh, uh, my, my want for a supporting actor was Richard Jenkins, Richard Jenkins who yep. I, Boys, I've right? been a fan of for a while, but literally while I was watching Shape of Water, his part moved me to tears right. twice. Yeah. I thought I, I was, I was, <laughs> and then they away. drop him. They <laughs> drop yeah, him like, then there's just no one to his character. So yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just felt like there was, I think maybe, you know, people lauding something and, and hype can get, you know, can affect, uh, can affect one's opinion. And I'm sure that's hitting me here, but I had, 
you know, whereas Matt uh, felt like his disbelief was was uh, off flying through the clouds, I, re- I repeatedly had to say to myself during the movie, try to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Try well, to just, <laughs> oh, get, no. Get, get past this fucking thing that's happening. Like, yeah. you know, the monster gets out of her apartment and then he just waits apparently for two hours downstairs. He goes down to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Tripping yeah. out in a movie theater, just standing there ten, instead of running amok through the ten, streets. Ten bucks says that's why it uh, won. That, he wasn't that, look, yeah, he wasn't that, looking for another cat. That whole part didn't really make, didn't need to happen. Yeah, uh, you know, that's an Oscar Beatty part. What's that? When it when the monster Beatty goes part. and just watches movies it's, downstairs. It's, I think it actually works for what the film is trying. I think to it do. does because too. Because then but, we get into this black and white dance sequence with you know. I know. The, that's what the movie. I, I liked know. it. I liked the, it. You know, the top dancing. But, but but here's the thing is like that part is supposed to be a fantasy, but also she's great at tap dancing in real life, maybe. But like, where did she learn to do that? And why don't they but address it, it ever? No, it's not really because she and Richard Jenkins do it too. They do it on the couch. Like they're just tapping their feet, it's right? It's still a routine. <laughs> right. Um, I, 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 wow. I, yeah. Matt, like, I, I thought that like she like If walks. they had a best dance choreography, then you'd be like, <laughs> fake news, fuck this shit. <laughs> I, had, I had trouble with that. Uh, that that motif through it. Um, I, I agree. I thought the love story happened way too quickly. Instead of being like, oh, I have sympathy. It was like- It was oh, like, you like eggs? I like eggs. Let's exactly. fuck. Exactly. That was it. He's single. I'm single. Um, uh, yeah. The, I, my, a, big, a big thing that I, I've talked to a couple of people about this, and I don't know that people agree with me. Um, I felt like, whereas Pan's Labyrinth- uh, does a good job of, of placing you gently between a fable world and a, a really harsh real world. Mm-hmm. This awkwardly straddles a real world and a really harsh real world. I felt like the real world felt cardboard and everyone who wasn't in the, on the good side was mm-hmm. kind of stock and, and uh, like Michael and, Shannon and cardboard yeah. and Michael Shannon. God damn. He was good in this film. I blame <laughs> no actors. Yeah, yeah. Except for that weird, that guy with weird hair. Um, oh, that one. The, the yeah, like hair. random assistant who was kind of a kiss ass and had. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, uh, not Michael Stuhlberg. I don't think so. He was great. Yeah. Not Dimitri. God, Dimitri is every tabletop character I've ever wanted to play. Was, was that Michael Stuhlberg <laughs> yeah. in the film? Okay. Oh, he was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's um, great. Yeah, and he was in he's three, in three of a, three best pictures. And yeah, all know, very yeah, different. He had a great year. Yeah, yeah. He's a great um, actor. No, Shannon, but but like at the same time, Michael Shannon was just this like this villain and sometimes I was like no they're really digging into him but other times like that weird thing where he wanted to have sex with her and yeah. then it never comes up again yeah, yeah. we talk and about this a lot in movies a, yeah uh, we yes. talk about it we talk about it a lot when the villain is already evil enough but then they're like you know it would make him much more evil. yeah he was if, slightly he's kind of if he's a, a little if Let's he's like in every villain in every high school movie in the 80s yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was waiting for him to pull his fingers off the whole movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And like sickeningly so, every scene I was like, do it. Oh my God, it's going to be great. Okay, uh, here's another yeah. question for you then. How do you think the, sh- the you know, um, I did actually watch Guillermo del Toro's Best Picture speech um, uh, on Twitter afterwards. And how do you think, you know, one of the things he said was that Steven Spielberg says when you, when you stand up on the stage at the podium, you are now entering part of a legacy of film and you are now, you know, part of the, the spectrum of films that will be remembered for all time. How do you think The Shape of Water stacks up against other Best Picture winners in previous years? So we got Moonlight from last year, Spotlight. <laughs> we like just not, need, we did a, like I wish The Shape well. of Water was called The Shape of Light because then we could have had the of, Light Trilogy. That's kind of my, I guess my final Birdman. point on, yeah. on Shape of Water is like, I didn't take anything from that film. Right. I didn't come out of it and was like, oh man, like something is like light has come into my heart in some way or another. Yeah. And to me, you're supposed to 
feel that when right. you see a film that you think is really good. I took something like that away from it. All right. Well, you're a sap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think it's, it's, it's a great look for the Marvel shill type of person, for instance, that I am. And apparently the Academy is what, uh, how, how long have we been into this podcast? 47 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Marvel came in at 47 minutes. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, not counting all my tweets, did you? Did you watch? I, I did catch you. I actually tweeted at you, and I and I was I because I was surprised you didn't mention the Marvel connection to Guillermo del Toro. He was the OG director of like the the one of the original Marvel franchises. Which one? Blade Two. Oh yeah, you that's right. I was I was like, dude, well, we what got, are you you're I, slipping? I, I started. I did about half of them, and then I'm like, I'm getting bored. <laughs> but I was connecting every winner to the MCU. Uh, um, you can check out some of those videos on Twitter. Um, but, um. Yeah, I I I really enjoyed for for it, I what I think this film does well and a lot of films do it well uh is sort of the the people finding love or acceptance in unlikely places and or 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 sort of um opposites that are more that are more similarities than you'd think attracting if that sort of makes sense right and the shape of water when i left it i would i felt optimistic about maybe not necessarily myself but the concept of sort of uh love in general Mm -hmm. and i think it actually for the type of people like that do go to see like, Oh, monster movies or Marvel movies or, 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 or popcorn fair, or even fast and the furious or stuff like that. Just the, the people, my people, uh, (laughs) I think this is a, an amazing film that is, a I I will call it an entry level into actually feeling, uh, what a film is trying to say. And Mm. by that, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to trick you with uh, it being it trick you into the theater being like, oh, it's a monster movie. And they kind of have this monster in a lab and she fucks the fish. What the fuck? And but you're going to leave the movie feeling a lot more. That feels. was just Octavia Spencer's yeah. inner model. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to fuck the fish. You're going to leave the movie. Are you going to do this? Yeah. You're Does gonna, he lay an egg and you have to fertilize yeah, it? Is that yeah. what happens? Uh, you Tell le- me a picture. You're going to leave the movie with or uh, you have the potential to leave the movie with more than you expect. Uh, uh, and I think it does a it's, it's it's an amazing Trojan horse to get people to think more critically about and a film. great opportunity for Trojan to actually tie in with their special fish flavored condoms. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, we're problem solving. Well, ad campaign missed here. <laughs> uh, I just I think the yeah I think you're right, and I think one thing with Guillermo del Toro talked about as well is that you know like he wants to embrace genre. He's a person who loves Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. who uh, loves the idea of genre films. You know, so films that are thematically tied to existing tropes in film, and then trying to elevate them in some way, which is something he's done. I mean, even if you look at a film that I really don't like, uh, Pacific Rim, which is a micro. Bay-esque movie, um, but a movie I really, really just disliked. I still felt he did a good job of like bringing something to that sure. genre. Yeah, Jamie, what do you think about Pacific Rim? I have no idea. I think Pacific Rim is so funny because it's so bad. Yeah. But, I, but people are obsessed with it. I know. It. I don't. It's, there's so much hype to Pacific Rim. I was dragged to the theater to see You know Pacific who Rim. I was dragged to Pacific Rim with? 
this guy. Ding, 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 ding. Of course. Pacific Rim 1 was great. Pacific Rim 2 looks like hot garbage. Oh, that trailer's great. Well, it's I'm got there. two great hip-hop songs in it. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. we spent I'm a lot there. of time discussing, like, if you want to make your trailer look way cooler than your movie and maybe even a little more like it's got something to say, just add, like, the hardest, baddest hip-hop song No, you what can. you got to do is you got to take an existing song that used to be hip-hop and sing it. Oh. That's the thing. Is you got to, like, do an acapella vision. And a lilty voice. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, it's like, like the girls bop. version yeah. Of, uh, yeah. of the Kanye song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. Just put that. You just got that's what you got to do for your trailers. <laughs> um I look I I I uh last year Moonlight won and I still think Moonlight was the best film of that year so I was completely happy with it. Yep. I, um you know Spotlight I, I think Mad Max Fury Road should have won but yeah. I I think Spotlight's an excellent film. Um Birdman, you know, going down the list 12 years later. It's I think it's it's one of the least favorite of recent years um, that I can think of, but I don't think it's a bad film by any means. I I just I, I I'm I'm with you on this, Jamie. I don't think it um it quite connects with me mm-hmm. and it quite elevates me. But if it does, Matt, like you say, uh, in terms of people who are, who are may, it is maybe the perfect film for a person who likes Marvel or genre films or action movies or monster movies or horrors or whatever to gateway them into like what cinema can be. Yeah, and if it does, dipper. and if it gets you from that point into, into seeing other movies, then that's fantastic. I don't think it's the best at, doing that but again my criticism was always kind of like tippet on this you know because like it is a great movie it's mm-hmm. well directed it's well written it's well constructed and a, a noted shout out to uh our lead actress who did an entire film uh by signing i mean that's yeah. pretty cool by, by like, what by, by signing, signing. Like, oh by and, signing and, yeah, and, yeah, sally and, hawkins yeah. And and putting yeah. just tremendous like performance into that right. i mean that's another uh amazing scene when she sort of has a monologue where she she says like look at what my hands say yeah and that's I don't know that took it to a different level in in, mm-hmm. in the point that like people don't listen to her and she's passed by constantly because people just assume she her words are just basic words and yeah. really she has to make someone that was that was a great communication lesson. I, I didn't like that film, but that was a good scene. Whatever. I well, I think I think this is <laughs> and, I, and this might be a place why some people don't like it is it does a it does so many things right mm. it never gives time to any one of them to any one of them like again i'll go back to call me by your name call me by your name is a fucking love story and the love story is the strength of that film the the this this film shape of water is dealing with um basically the um uh, a mute person having to sign mm-hmm. they're dealing with um uh, 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 like being ostracized it's dealing with uh women's empowerment and sort of rights here and there it's dealing with um uh homosexuality in a different spot that it again i think sort of drops a little bit weirdly uh in the third act it's dealing with uh sort of hyper masculinity and the toxicity that comes with that it's also a fucking monster movie mm-hmm. uh, and it and it, it's it also deals with sexual like and sexuality on a broader scale so like it's uh, scale get it sexuality oh. scale um it does a lot of stuff yeah. and I think it's one of its and I, and I don't know if I want to call this a flaw but a thing that I think weakens it as a whole is it does not focus on one or two of those things and be like this is what it is it's like look at all this shit and we're gonna try to carpet bomb you with knowledge kid I think I think the uh, you know and this would be my final thought on it was that um, it, you know one of the, the, the things that is being talked about with the shape of water is how it's allegorically about the world we live in today and about the, the need for 
outsiders to be to be defended and for people to you know to embrace the beauty of the other you know which is what you know the shape of what you know the the, the character of the monster is um i i think uh, what I like about Get Out uh, in, in relation to this is it's directly about the world we live in today, mm-hmm. still through a genre film, still through the mode of psychological horror and through horror uh, itself. So I, I kind of I liked Get Out's directness, uh, you know, direct correlation to where we to where we are today. The other thing is I remember you know Get Out isn't a perfect movie either. It it's it, it's it's it has flaws. It kind of does things a little haphazard. Where, where were they? Uh, haphazardly and in, in, at points, but it's it it's. it's it's a film that stood the test of time and mm-hmm. has gotten more important the longer. Came out in February, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's which got, is nuts. And I, I just remember when we saw it, we were like, "Oh, this is a really, really strong February release." And now it's like one of the best films of the year. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, um, I think you know, for me, Get Out does more in that respect. But but it is, a, it is you know, like one winning doesn't mean that diminishes the other. Um, I, I think, you know, the conversation about get out about lady bird, I feel like lady bird is the film that has kind of been somewhat, um, uh, abandoned by the Oscars this year a little bit, but you know, maybe, maybe as you say, getting nominated is, is enough right now, but, yeah. but like, but you know, lady bird feels like uh, a film that deserved a little more love at the Oscars, but you know, I think lady bird is, is there's a, a simplicity to the story of lady bird that, and, and sort of, a. Uh, a, a, a banalness mm-hmm. to it that people have trouble talking about. Yeah. So it suffers because you just can't be like, oh, but did you see the part? Like, you, yeah. Everything's small. Everything connects with you intimately. In, yes. Yeah. And and personally, and that's hard to talk about sometimes. Yeah. So I I, I wonder if maybe that hurt it. And in that respect, you know, if you look at the spectrum of movies, if you, you know, like the, the, the list of the best picture nominees, you've got Get Out, which talks about race directly. You've got Lady Bird, which connects about femininity and growing up as a young and female adolescence, and, yeah. and adolescence in Sacramento. You've got um, The Shape of Water, who's, you know, which is talking about all the things. outsiderism. You know, you've got, you've got all these films. And if you, and if you talk, if you, if you look at it sort of collectively as, you know, like it, there are all these films out there that are talking about all these different things. You've got an interesting, what is, what are movies doing in response? Response to the real world in the real world right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It can be it can be pretty disheartening it's a bummer. In, in terms of like the news we watch. And these movies are all, you know, I, I think Get Out, Lady Bird, and The Shape of Water. Call me by your name as well. Um, they're pretty hopeful films about the world, and and they're pretty interesting films about the world. And and I think collectively, you know, that's what the that's why the Oscars can matter. You know, is like is is that movies can do things to reflect upon the world in a positive way. And and I think that's a, you know. I'm going to get off my jump off my podium right now, but I think that's a that's a you know a good thing. I like it. I'm going to talk about one other moment at the Oscars that I think uh, was a nice the world is okay moment. There were there was I forget what what award it was. I think it was like a I you know not one of the best actor actresses one where they like had a ton of people up on stage and someone did a speech and they finished it and then the next person came up but they'd already started playing the music yeah and they're like my mother passed away uh. and then and then <laughs> the music didn't fade out it just Cut. Hard cut. And it was, and everyone at the party that we were at was like, whoa. <laughs> so, you know, hey, that's, that's the, that's the director of the Oscars being like, okay, no. We we're finally gonna- figured out what makes the music stop. Yeah. Right. Like, but talk the, about the producer, dead parents. the producer of Shape of Water got cut off, right? Like he, at oh, the end yeah. of it, yeah. He, yeah. he, he, yeah. Got like, he was like, it was he came up the stage. He was like, no, no, Jimmy no. Kimmel yeah. Jimmy Kimmel tried to save it. And he did a decent job. Anyway, I think it was a great show. I think I agree with most all the choices outside oh no even it's funny this is the first time ever where even when i'm disappointed and i'm like oh like 
you know, mm-hmm. this should be the thing. I'm not like, well, the other one shouldn't have won. Right. It's like, not like Crash. Yeah. It's not like when Crash won that year. And it's year. not like, for instance, I th- really do think that Logan should have won adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. But Call Me By Your Name, of course, it's it, it's it's absolutely should be there and should win. Too. Like, I don't know. It's just it's all it's this is the best feeling Oscars. Not overall. Did like, they make in, any Trump jokes? Were there, were there a lot of Trump uh, jokes? No, they brought up. <gasps> they, they brought up the, the presidency once or twice, but they never called it. Was it last name. year that they did? They didn't call it by his name. Yeah, they didn't call it by his name. Was it last year? It was quite a sort of overtly political year. Yeah. This they, year, yes. didn't Kumail Nanjiani, I, I just sort of tweet that they, oh, they got up about the can dreamers. We, can we talk about Kumail Nanjiani for one second? Sure. Because he killed it anytime his uh, face showed up just in anything <laughs> pre-recording stage he yeah. came off brilliant. as the smartest person there well he's got oh that deadpan God. thing down yeah. to a t it's it's amazing he's yeah. so and the most likable he was just he oh, was yeah. really good yeah yeah uh, uh, also helen mirren uh selling a jet ski I'll buy a jet ski from Helen Mirren. I didn't see it. Jimmy Kimmel did this joke where he's like, to keep the thing short, we uh, for the shortest uh, um, you know um, speech when you win your award, you'll win this. Tell them what they've won. It's the Price is Right music comes yeah. out. And it's a new jet ski, and it's literally it goes up, and Helen Mirren is being the the, and she comes out on it at the end because I think um, one Mark of the, Bridges, costume designer of Phantom, yeah, Red, he won, won he won the jet ski. Speech. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He was yeah. like, I didn't do much on this movie. So him and Helen Mirren, Daniel Day Lewis made all the costumes. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Helen Mirren uh, come out on a jet ski at the oh, end of the Oscars. So there we go. Okay. Um, well, this has been the only podcast about the 2018 Oscars, the Academy Awards. Uh, Shahir, when you're not watching, watching the, the Oscars, up. where can folks find you? You'll find me on Twitter just watching the thread, uh, but you can get to my Twitter page by going to my website, www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, when you are... Um, lamenting the lack of fish fucking in movies and requiring it to be done in the shape of water. Where can people find you? You can find me cleaning my aquarium at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Jamie, you look like you're going to say something, but I was going to ask where people can find you on social media. Yeah, I just want to check. You've like seen Splash, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fish fucking yes, in Splash. I've right. seen Splash. Okay, just one. Well, when you're too. not trying to splash shame me, where can folks find you? <laughs> uh, I am on Instagram at jimjam underscore Walsh, uh, or my website, which is bad, is uh, jl. Oh, it's not bad. We looked at it. It was great. Oh, you did? Yeah, we oh, did. Oh, oh, Shiva- thank you. My wife was very taken by you on Phantom Thread, and she wanted to look you up. Oh, my God. Shivali's so the best. So now give go. the whole. Uh, but I also I don't like Twitter, but I made a Twitter, uh, but I can't remember it. So That's okay. But do you, so your there. website because we cut you off. It's jlwalsh.com. Thank you very much. That's the whole thing. I know. Well, no, we were talking. Okay. Uh,